0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our gospel text for today places before us a contrast between the twelve disciples and the blind man of Jericho. The twelve disciples are shown in a threefold manner to have a Complete and utter lack of faith, which is contrasted then with the threefold manner of the blind man of Jericho's unwavering faith. The disciples, for their part, were taken aside by our Lord so that he could privately give them instruction about the things that were to come. And so our Lord tells his disciples, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. This right here, from the disciples' perspective, was bad news. They knew exactly what to expect if Jesus was to go to Jerusalem. They had been with our Lord the last three years. They had seen the increasing hostility from the Pharisees and the Jewish religious leaders based in Jerusalem. They had witnessed all of the various events and how the tension had escalated to the point of no return. And so the opposition and death of which our Lord spoke to them should not have been a surprise to, our, to the disciples considering that they were going to Jerusalem. But the Lord gives them specifics of what will happen. He says that as they go up to Jerusalem or when they arrive there, he will be delivered to the Gentiles. He will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. He will be scourged and killed. To some extent, this is what the disciples would have expected in going up to Jerusalem. They should not have been surprised that these things happen. But our Lord is determined to go up to Jerusalem to the cross. But he also offers some surprising predictions of what will happen. To be fair, they shouldn't have been surprising to the disciples. They had been there and heard our Lord's words. They should have known that these things would not be in vain. But our Lord makes clear that in going to Jerusalem, in being delivered to the Gentiles, being mocked, insulted, spit upon, scourged, and killed. In doing these things, he will accomplish that which was prophesied in the Scriptures. He is not going up to Jerusalem in vain. He is going for a purpose to assault sin, death, and the devil, and he will defeat them, as is evidenced by the resurrection on the third day that our Lord predicts. And so it probably shouldn't have been, but it it would have been a surprise, undoubtedly, to the disciples to learn that they were going to Jerusalem for the Lord to go to the cross to accomplish the greatest and most complete and perfect act of love that the world had ever seen. It would have been surprising to the disciples had they heard what our Lord said. But they have no faith. Seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they do not understand. The gospel writer makes it quite clear. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. This threefold manner of revealing the spiritual blindness of the disciples is not merely for emphasis. It is to communicate to us the complete and utter lack of faith that the disciples possessed at this moment. They could not see the great love our Lord would demonstrate in Jerusalem upon the cross because they had no faith. This complete and utter lack of faith, of course, is contrasted with the blind man of Jericho. He was by the roadside begging, probably as was his custom, but then he hears. And as we know, faith comes by hearing. He hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming, and he knows by faith that there is something more going on. This is not just a random man from Nazareth passing through Jericho. This is Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of David. And so in faith, this blind man of Jericho cries out to our Lord three times, demonstrating his faith. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when the crowd around him tried to silence him, he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Finally, when our Lord turned to him and asked him what he desired, he cried out the third time, Lord, let me receive my sight. Now this is the greatest of surprises. Because the one who cannot see, sees. The one who cannot see, hears and understands. For he has learned by faith who Jesus is. He knows by faith that Christ is his salvation, that he is going up to Jerusalem, but that he is also there for him. And so the one who cannot see sees. And this blind man of Jericho teaches us of the centrality and the necessity of faith. Later this week, we begin our annual Lenten journey with our Lord toward Jerusalem and the cross. As Ash Wednesday comes and the Sundays of Lent pass by and we gradually come closer and closer to Holy Week, we will come to hear the account of our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, His institution of the Lord's Supper. We will hear His passion account of his suffering and his death. As we soon begin our journey with our Lord toward Jerusalem and the cross, my friends, let us follow him. Let us make this journey in the spirit of the blind man of Jericho rather than in the spirit of the disciples. See, like the blind man of Jericho, we do not see the events of Holy Week with our eyes. We will not observe our Lord walking into Jerusalem with the palm branches waving. We will not see the institution of the Lord's Supper. We will not see His passion and death with our eyes. But we will hear. And by faith we will understand The great love of our Lord, which was accomplished there, which brings to us salvation. For it is Holy Week toward which we are journeying. It is this week that is the most important thing in all of human history. Unless we lose sight of that, lest we lose sight of what matters most, St. Paul offers us wise words of warning at the conclusion of our epistle for today. Though faith, hope, and love abide, the greatest of these is love. Now, we, we who follow in the teaching, in the faith of the Reformers, we who confess the solas, grace alone, faith alone, and Scripture alone, we might expect Paul, to say, the greatest of these, faith, hope, and love, the greatest is faith. But that's not what he said. This is because we are tempted to become too focused on ourselves. We read the scriptures as if it is about us. But Paul's great Love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 is not about you. For who demonstrates a perfect love that suffers long and does not seek its own, but Christ? Who demonstrates a perfect love that is not provoked and thinks no evil other than Christ? Who demonstrates a perfect love that bears all things and endures all things, but Christ. Who demonstrates a perfect love that never ends, but Christ upon the cross. See, there is no greater sign of love than the cross, and there is no greater gift of love than the cross. As we prepare to make this Lenten journey to the cross, to relive our Savior's great love for us, to see it afresh with the eyes of faith, though we may practice disciplines this Lenten season in order to subdue our sinful flesh and to increase our faith, we must never lose sight of this important point, my friends. It is not about you. The Lenten season is all about our Lord Jesus Christ and the great love that He has for you. Now, don't misunderstand. Your faith is absolutely necessary. Without faith, without a continual strengthening and growth in faith, you cannot be saved. But faith matters only because it receives the gift of Christ's love because it receives the gift of salvation won for you upon the cross. This is why love is greater than faith. Faith has a role, but love is greater, because it is love that accomplished your salvation. It is love that forgives your sins. It is love that grants you eternal life. The role of your faith is to receive the gift, to learn to live and trust in this love of Christ, which endures forever until, like the blind man, your faith becomes sight. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.